Hi, and welcome to this audio edition of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hanson. On this program, we discuss polygamy and Mormon fundamentalism from a biblical Christian perspective. We talk about the history of polygamy, its modern-day fruit, share stories from people who have escaped polygamy, and talk about current events relating to polygamy. You can learn more about the video edition of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. And now, here's Doris. Welcome to Polygamy, What Love Is This? I'm your host, Doris Hansen, and with our co-host, Earl Erskine, we challenge the many questions and contradictions of the teaching of the early Mormon polygamous leaders. But before we get started to find out how we can help you or someone that you know escape from polygamy, you can call our toll-free number. It's 877-425-9993. You can also go onto our website, shieldandrefuge.org, to find out more information about us and how we can help you. Also, if you would like to contact us about any of our shows or if you know something about polygamy or if you've experienced it and you'd like to be a guest on our show, you can contact us through email. Email at whatloveassist.tv is our address. And also, audio versions of this program are now available to download and take with you. You can find information on how to do that on our website's main page, or you can go to soundcloud.com slash whatloveisthis. And now I would like to thank Earl for <laughs> being back with I'm us again. Happy to be here. And it's so good thank to you. have you and share in this magnificent information we're yeah, sharing. It's today. fascinating today. Oh boy. <laughs> yes, I got this information. Um, well, the idea for this and some of the, the content from MRM.org. Uh, and we'll talk about that in just a little bit. They, they do such a good job. Oh, they that. do a beautiful yeah. job. There's some really good websites out there. You know, the mainstream LDS church has, has always considered and treated the Book of Mormon as the keystone of their religious system. The Mormon fundamentalists also uh, use the Book of Mormon as their most important religious book. And as children growing up in the polygamy group, we were given a Book of Mormon before we were given a Bible. We were supposed to read the Book of Mormon sure. through from cover to cover before we read the Bible. I've been told by LDS missionaries that I don't need my Bible. No. Uh, they've told me that. They've said, no. just read the Book of Mormon, put your Bible aside. You don't even need it because the Book of Mormon has everything you need and it's, it's shorter and you'd, and it won't take as long to read it. In fact, one missionary told me I could just throw my Bible away really? because <laughs> it, I didn't need it if I had the Book of Mormon. So most polygamists also hold the Book of Mormon in as high esteem as any faithful LDS on the planet. In fact, it's more important to them than the Bible ever was. Now, I say all this to establish the basis for the content of our show. Both the LDS and the polygamists equally reverence the Book of Mormon. We have a quote from LDS.org. Yeah, there are three great reasons why Latter-day Saints should make the study of the Book of Mormon a lifetime pursuit. The first is that the Book of Mormon is the keystone of our religion. This was, the Joseph Smith, this was Joseph Smith's statement. He testified that the Book of Mormon was the most correct of any book on earth and the keystone of our religion. It's in the introduction to the Book of Mormon. A keystone is the central stone in an arch. It holds all the other stones in place, and if removed, the arch crumbles. There are three ways in which the Book of Mormon is the keystone of our religion. It is the keystone in our witness of Christ. It's the keystone of our doctrine. It's the keystone of our testimony. 
Now, although this remark was made by the president of the mainstream LDS church, it precisely reflects the beliefs and attitude of the Mormon polygamy groups as well. The Book of Mormon itself claims to be the most important book on the planet, the introduction of the Book of Mormon. Yeah. Concerning this record, the prophet Joseph Smith said, I told the brethren that the Book of Mormon was the most correct of any book on earth and the keystone of our religion, and a man would get nearer to God by abiding by its precepts than by any other book. Okay, so mm. this is established, what they think of the Book of Mormon. Here Joseph Smith has declared that the Book of Mormon was the keystone of the Mormon religion and that a person can get closer to God by paying attention to it more than any other book. Now that's a great statement. <laughs> it doesn't, didn't matter to Joseph Smith that he had just trashed the book that had already been on the planet for thousands of years, the book that God himself declared contained everything we need for life and godliness, the book that God promised would never be corrupted and never fail to exist. Joseph Smith ignored what God promised and turned around and created his own book. Now, in light of such fantastic claims, it behooves an individual to take serious look at the precepts found in the Book of Mormon. It's your eternity, and you should research it thoroughly. So we challenge you with a test. We're going to test your knowledge of the Book of Mormon, of what Joseph Smith called the most correct book on earth. Several years ago, someone handed me a Book of Mormon test. Oh. It was called a quiz of the Book of Mormon. Yeah. And this test is now posted on mrm.org, like we mentioned earlier. It is fascinating and relevant enough to share with our viewers. So Earl and I are going to give our viewers the Book of Mormon <laughs> test. It's going to be in two parts, and this is part one. It covers what the Book of Mormon teaches and what it doesn't teach in light of the claim to be the keystone of the Mormon faith. These questions are helpful and the answers to anyone who is interested in Mormonism. So the first question on the test is this. So where in the Book of Mormon does it teach that Elohim, God the Father in Mormonism, was once a mortal man and that he was not always God? So where does where it, say, does it that? say that? So if you, our viewer, says it doesn't say that anywhere, you're absolutely right. The Book of Mormon never says that God was once immortal. In fact, it teaches that God has always been God. Yet polygamists and LDS believe that God was once a man like us. But Moroni 8.18 yeah. says God is unchangeable from eternity to all eternity. So how could he have once been a mortal man? Joseph Smith contradicted his own Book of Mormon when he later said this. We have imagined and supposed that God was God from all eternity. I will refute that idea and take away the veil so that you may see. And that's from the teachings of the prophet Joseph Smith. That's right. He said that. He's refuting what he said in the Book of Mormon. Yeah. <clears throat> so which is it? Joseph Smith taught contradictory idea of, as of God. <clears throat> Pardon me. Now, it can't be both ways. Either God was always God or he wasn't. That's true. Well, the best thing to do, of course, is to check with God himself. And what did he say about himself ages before Joseph Smith was ever born? Yeah, from Psalms 90. Before the mountains were born, or you brought forth the earth and the world. I'm sorry. Before the mountains were born, or you brought forth, uh, forth the earth and the world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. So the, so the question here is, what does the word everlasting mean? Yeah. 
Yeah, is it, has it been redefined in Mormonism? Like they redefine so many words. Well, it means what it says, everlasting. God existed in eternity past, and God exists in eternity future. He never had an end, well, never, never has an end, and never had a beginning. He's the Alpha and the Omega, which means the first and the last. He is God. He's always been God and will always be the same God. He cannot change. He has not changed. And the Book of Mormon sustains that statement. So if the Book of Mormon doesn't teach it, why does Mormonism believe God is a progressive God? Yeah, not too much of a part of the keystone there. <laughs> nope. Second question. Yeah, second. Where in the Book of Mormon does it teach that God has a body of flesh and bones? So this question continues with the idea of who God is. The true knowledge of God is infinitely more important to teach uh, to each of us than anything else is. All of Mormonism believes that God has a body. Actually, the Book of Mormon does not say anywhere that God has a body of flesh and bones. In fact, in Alma 18 and Alma 22, it clearly teaches that God is spirit. Yeah. The Book of Mormon nowhere teaches that God has a body of flesh and bones and, and parts and passions. And the Bible teaches God is spirit as well, not flesh and bones. We quote from John 4. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. And that's wor Jesus' words. Yeah. And then later he told his disciples in Luke 24. And this is interesting if you read it in the sense that we read it. Not Mormons don't usually read it in this sense. But behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit hath not flesh and bones as ye see me have. And so the, the last verse, God, Jesus said... God is spirit, yeah, and Jesus here says, "A spirit doesn't have doesn't flesh and have, bones." Yeah, and and that you know you get, have to compare scripture scripture with scripture, that's and that's right. just what we've done. Now, since the Book of Mormon does not teach that God is flesh and bones, and does teach He is a spirit, why do they believe otherwise? Would this be a, a situation, Earl, where they believe that the prophet has more progressive revealing revelation? On a topic? Well, in this case, uh, it goes back to the first vision where Joseph Smith, of course, this was later on that he finally claims that he saw two people and that they were in, that they had bodies of flesh and bones. Mm -hmm. and Did he have his first vision before or after he wrote the Book of Mormon? Before. Okay, then why in the Book of Mormon did he does write he that God does not, ha yeah, that God is a spirit? Yeah, well, that's part that of the problem with the anachronisms of Joseph Smith yes. and his historical. He didn't, he wasn't con, uh, con, continuous consistent. and consistent, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, he wasn't right. consistent. Well, God has given us a resource where we can find these that's answers, right. and of course, that's the Bible. Yeah. So, the third question in our quiz. Yeah, there's another interesting one. Where in the Book of Mormon does it teach that God is married in heaven? Now, we were taught that growing up in the polygamy well, of group. Course you it's were. a big that's one. A big one, I'm sure. <laughs> if you said the Book of Mormon never teaches God is married, you're right, because it doesn't. And the Bible never teaches it either. In fact, God severely chastised ancient Israel for thinking that God was just like they are. We quote from Psalm 50. Yeah, that's interesting. These things you have done and I kept silent. You thought I was altogether like you, but I will rebuke you and accuse you to your face. Whoa. Yeah. God rebuked those who considered him as being like them, which is precisely what Mormonism teaches. A God who has a, a beginning, a God who is flesh and bones and married with a huge family, but neither the Book of the Mormon nor the Bible supports such beliefs. 
number four. Question four. <laughs> Where in the Book of Mormon does it teach that men can become gods? Well, if you said it doesn't teach that, you're, you're right. right again. <laughs> the Book of Mormon never says men can become gods, nor does the Bible. The idea of any creature becoming like God or becoming a god has its origin directly from the devil. The devil, represented by the serpent, told Eve this in Genesis 3. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And from John 8. And later Jesus said. Yes. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. So what he said to Eve in the garden about becoming like God was a lie because he can't tell the truth. So the, the serpent tempted Adam and Eve with the idea they could become like God. Jesus said the devil cannot tell one single truth because there's no truth in him, that he is a liar. Yet all of Mormonism, LDS, polygamous, and break-off groups alike believe what the devil said that you can become like God. In fact, when in polygamy, they, they live polygamy because they believe that it's going to help them become a God. That's part of their doctrine. Yeah. It's really quite remarkable that they believe what the serpent said, but <laughs> not, not what, the, what the Savior said. Right. Okay, the next, next question. question. Where in the Book of Mormon does it teach that the temple, that temple participation is necessary to become exalted? Where's that at? Where's that at in the Book of Mormon? <laughs> Again, if you said the Book of Mormon doesn't teach it, you're right. In fact, the Book of Mormon, the keystone to LDS and polygamous faith, never mentions any participation in temples in order to be exalted. So why is it a doctrine? Why do they say it's an extension of the Old Testament temple when it's mm -hmm. not? Why do they hold the Book of Mormon in such high esteem when so much of what they believe isn't even mentioned within its pages? And if Jesus is the Savior, then there is no temple ritual, no temple work, and no temple that will help in the salvation of anyone. Jesus is the Savior, not the temple. And Jesus needs no help from anything or anyone to save anybody. Yep. Next question, where in the Book of Mormon does it teach that Jesus and Lucifer are brothers? Oh, this is my favorite peeve. <laughs> And if you said that the Book of Mormon doesn't teach this about Jesus and Satan being brothers, you are right because it doesn't. The Book of Mormon never teaches Jesus and Lucifer are brothers and neither does the Bible. In fact, the Book of Mormon teaches that Jesus Christ is God the Father in the flesh. Now that's not correct. But it's closer to the truth and that Jesus is Lucifer's brother. We quote from Alma. Now, Zeezrom said, saith again unto him, Is the Son of God the very eternal Father? And Amulek said unto him, Yea, he is the very eternal Father of heaven and of earth and all things which in them are. So how can he be Lucifer's brother and, and the eternal the Father? Eternal the very eternal Father at the same time. Yeah. If the Book of Mormon tells us the Son of God on earth is the eternal Father in heaven, how can he also be Lucifer's brother? Hmm. I, I, I would really like a good question, answer, answer, <laughs> answer to, to that, that question. One. Okay, so this is from their Keystone book here. Next question, and 
the interesting thing about this is I didn't understand this at all as a Mormon, and uh, so it's interesting. Where in the Book of Mormon does it teach the blood of Christ does not cleanse certain sins? Well, it's so limited in it, the atonement. It's limited right? in, in Mormonism, <laughs> yeah. but the Book of Mormon doesn't teach that only certain sins are covered. Um, but Brigham Young, who is called a prophet, said this. In his discourses, there is not a man or woman who violates the covenants made with their God that will not be required to pay the debt. The blood of Christ will never wipe that out. Your own blood must atone for it. And the judgments of the Almighty will come sooner or later, and every man and woman will have to atone for breaking their covenants. So he's saying we have to atone for our right. own sins. So Jesus yeah. is not a complete full Savior. Yeah. And many other Mormon prophets and presidents and leaders have taught that certain sins are beyond forgiveness. But Jesus taught that all sins can be forgiven except the sin of unbelief. And that is what blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is, mm -hmm. denying that what he teaches us is true. And that's salvation by grace. That's right. Number eight, where in the Book of Mormon does it teach that a person can lose his salvation if he's not baptized on behalf of dead relatives? And again, <laughs> if you said that's not taught in the Book of Mormon, you're absolutely right. The Book of Mormon never teaches that baptism for the dead is necessary a necessary ordinance. In fact, Alma 34, verses 34 and 35 teaches, if a person dies in his sins, the devil seals him his, and that is his final state. Now, what does the word final mean anyway? <laughs> but in contradiction, 10th LDS President Joseph Fielding Smith said this. If we willfully neglect the salvation of our dead, then also we shall stand rejected of the Lord, because we've neglected our dead. And just so sure their blood will be required at our hands, we cannot be saved without them. So again, something else is the Savior instead of Jesus. Yeah. That, that's very serious and very concerning. So which is it? That, that, what the Book yeah. of Mormon says or what does the leader say uh, is true when they contradict themselves? It can't really be both. And of course, the Bible never condones or teaches that we need to baptize for the dead. Our next quiz question. Yeah, this is fascinating. Where in the Book of Mormon does it even say that there's more than one God? Well, if you said it doesn't say that, you're right again. Because the Book of Mormon, as we talked about a little bit earlier about God, it doesn't say there's more than one God. It never teaches there's a plurality of gods in any way. In fact, it strongly teaches that there's only one true God. We read from Alma. Yeah, Alma chapter 11. And Zeezrom said unto him, Thou sayest there is a true and living God. And Amulek said, Yea, there is a true and living God. Now, Zeezrom said, is there more than one God? And he answered, no. Can wow. it get any clearer than that? No, and it's right there in Alma 11. So LDS and Mormon fundamentalists believe and teach there are multiple gods and that we can become gods. Now, the polygamists teach, just like Brigham Young, yeah. that you cannot become a god unless you live polygamy, and then you have the chance of becoming a god. A god How can they do that when the Book of Mormon denies it? Their own Book of Mormon denies that, that says there's only one true and living God. Well, any other God cannot be true and living then. So how does that work? 
if the Book of Mormon is the keystone of the of the Mormon faith, why don't they believe what it teaches and why doesn't it teach what they do believe? What does the Bible say about a plurality of gods? A couple from Isaiah, yeah. <laughs> I am the Lord and there is no other. Apart from me there is no God. And I am the Lord and there is no other. And then also from Isaiah 45, and there is no God apart from me, a righteous God and a savior, there is none but me. And I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. I like to ask the question, how many times does God have to say something before we think it's true? Yeah. Well, over and over and over again in the Bible, we read that, yeah. that there's only one God and there are not multiple gods. There are dozens of passages in the Bible that are dogmatic, that there are no other gods ever, anywhere, at any time or any place. There are false gods, uh, but the only true and living God is in the quantity of one only. So according to the Book of Mormon, God is not married. He is not, does not have a body of flesh and bones. He has not changed from mortality into an exalted being. He is not a progressive God. He remains the same forever and ever and forever. Both the Bible and the Book of Mormon teach these things, but the Mormons and polygamists don't believe them. That's evolving, isn't it? Mm -hmm crazy. Mm -hmm. Number 10, where in the Book of Mormon does it say males must hold either the Aaronic or Melchizedek priesthood? Does the Book of Mormon teach that? No, not at all. Nowhere in the Book of Mormon does it teach about the Mormons' priesthood. The keystone of their religion puts no emphasis, no value whatsoever on the priesthoods that Mormonism and polygamists value so highly. Why doesn't the Book of Mormon teach about the priesthood? And why don't they believe what the Bible says, that Jesus Christ is our only high priest? Yeah, they should go to the index actually in the Book of Mormon and look up Aaron or Aaronic priesthood. It's, it's There's not no there. references it's not there for, for the Book of Mormon no, in that. Not in there. So number 11, where in the Book of Mormon does it say you can't drink coffee or tea? <laughs> oh, the word of wisdom. <laughs> It's not in the Book of Mormon. If you said it's not there, you're right again. It's not in their keystone book, but that's a keystone question in order yes, to, to get into the temple. That's right. Now, Doctrine and Covenants 89 is where the word of wisdom is found, but even it never mentions coffee or tea specifically, only hot drinks. So why isn't iced tea allowed? Such a good question. <laughs> why is caffeine in, in, um, co in, in, in soft drinks, uh, soft drinks yeah, allowed, coke. but not caffeine in yeah. coffee? What's the difference? I know. Early Mormon polygamist and general authority, George Q. Cannon, was very inclusive when he taught about the word of wisdom. We quote. Yeah, we must not permit them to drink liquor or hot drinks or hot soups or to use tobacco or other articles that are injurious. Now notice how he said, we must not permit them, like they were yeah. unruly children, right. not able to make choices for themselves. Talk about <laughs> taking away freedom of choice. Right. And I question his statement that these items will injure us. Tobacco, yes, and excessive use of liquor can certainly be harmful, but hot drinks? And soup. <laughs> soup? Uh, someone told me, well, you could burn your mouth eating a hot soup, that's and that's right. why. Yeah. Oh my goodness, that, that's not an answer by any means. There's no logical explanation to forbid any food or drink, especially when Jesus announced all foods clean. Yeah, from Mark 7, for it doesn't go into his heart, but into his stomach and then out of his body. In saying this, 
Jesus declared all foods clean. And I'll take Jesus' word any day of the week. And in Romans 14, the early church taught what Jesus also taught. The man who eats everything must not look down on him who does not. And the man who does not eat everything must not condemn the man who does. For God has accepted him. And one of my very favorite <laughs> Bible verses makes it wonderfully and refreshingly clear oh. that food and drink has nothing to do with the kingdom of God or with God accepting us. Romans 14, 17. There's such freedom. Yes. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's exactly Isn't that right. Isn't that lovely? Yeah. I love that verse. One of too. my favorite. So we ask the question, the word of wisdom and all these other doctrines have no foundation in the Bible and none in the Book of Mormon. So why is the Book of Mormon considered the keystone of the Mormon faith? There's more, but we're out of time. And, and next time we'll finish um, the Book of Mormon quiz. Um, instead, you know, we, we would like you to, instead of being burdened down with all the do's and don'ts of the religion of Mormonism, including the polygamous, we offer the invitation that Jesus offered about being burdened down in, in Matthew 11, 28 through 30, where Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. God mm. does not put a heavy burden no. on us no. with all these do's and don'ts that, yeah. <clears throat> that they do. I think this is good from the standpoint of the of seeing what the Book of Mormon says and doesn't say. Yeah. Because you just assume, like you say, a keystone of the religion, that it would contain all of the important things. All of things. the important ones, and it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't uh, one of the most fascinating things to me was when I first became a Christian, and I began looking in the Book of Mormon for polygamy and the Bible, both yeah, of them for yeah. polygamy. And the Book of Mormon, and we'll t do this next time next in time. part two, the Book of Mormon never teaches you're supposed to live polygamy. And I was so shocked. When, and in fact, You'd it forbids it. It in, condemns it. Yeah. And, and in I your just, polygamy group, that that would be such a support yeah. to have the Book of Mormon say something, but it doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah. It, do, it does not support polygamy. So find out what your Book of Mormon says, really. Um, it has a lot of these and thous and thys, and it, and it came to passes. But that's, you know, that yeah. doesn't do doctrine at all. Not the doctrine of the church. No, it doesn't. Well, so next time we're going to do part two of this. And um, thanks, yeah, Earl. And we'll be back to do this again. Now, the only unforgivable sin is refusing to believe what the Holy Spirit tries to teach us. And he teaches us salvation by grace alone. And that is Jesus alone is our Savior. And that there is no religious work, no religious ritual, and no religion that can help save you. To believe that practicing polygamy as an aid to your salvation is not believing God. To believe what Joseph Smith said instead of what Jesus said is denying that Jesus is the truth. To believe that Jesus is anyone else but God himself is to reject God's testimony about himself and that is dangerous ground to be on and so we challenge all of our viewers to trust God to trust his word and everything he said and to remember that it was God who originated marriage and his will is monogamy thank you for watching God bless this has been the audio podcast edition of polygamy what love is this 
This program is a production of A Shield and Refuge Ministry and Main Street Church of Brigham City. You can view current and past video episodes as well as download audio episodes of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. If you or someone you know is in need of assistance in leaving a polygamous situation, please contact us. We are here to help. All of our contact information can be found at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 877-425-9993. If you have any questions or comments about this or any of our other programs, we'd love to hear from you. Write us at email at whatloveisthis.tv. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us again.